0: very good to be with you uh church of the good shepherd it's true what uh, your vicar uh, your priest in charge said that uh, i was due to be here two months ago and there was an irresistible urge to bring you this word and so i'm glad to be here uh the tone of in is a time of hardship loss and gloom uh, it's a time when we are made to feel how frail and uncertain our life is and so it is a time that prompts us to ask uh, where am i in life and where is my life uh, headed i liken the times to going through a dry and parched stretch of land so if you think of us as a people on pilgrimage and the different seasons and the different terrains. So we now come to that time when it is dry and exhausting and maybe trackless, unable to really know which way to go. But uh, we are told in Psalm 84 that God will get us through. We will reach the destination that God has prepared for us. Not only that, my friends, but uh, that we will be able to dig wells of hope and refreshment uh, for others along life's journey. And that is a picture I do want to paint uh, for you from Psalm 84. So as Ravi read for us, Psalm 84, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, church. Believers in Jesus, our strength is in our God, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. So we take scripture uh, as part of the whole book, the whole story. So I want you to know our highway is to heavenly Zion, already secured for us by Christ. And so (laughs) it's true, we are hard-pressed and we are uh, strained. Uh, Along this journey. But in our heart is the highway beyond this journey that takes us before the eternal throne of God. About a week ago, I lost my cousin's sister to COVID in Malaysia. It hit the family. It hit me hard. She was 78. She had an earlier... Uh, lung operations so her lung was compromised and then she was uh, vaccinated but uh, COVID got the better of her so we lose uh, our balance and it was unexpected and it was very quick so how do I regain the strength and the assurance to take life forward. And it's from God's confirmed word, you see. Uh, Don't let go of faith at this time. Uh, Jesus has secured an eternal home for us and he's taking us through. And that's where my cousin sister is and that's where we are headed. So uh, we are hard-pressed, but not abandoned. Uh, bewildered sometimes, but not in despair, uh, because the Word of God takes us through. And so it says here, the highways uh, to Zion. And as they go through the valley of Baca, that's dry and arid land, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. So church, I'm here with... Um, <laughs> the message i believe only the holy spirit can cause us to respond to that not only god gives us the strength to go through this time but we dig blessings we dig blessings out of hardship and we dig blessings that can overflow and are needful to others along the journey Uh, that's how uh, robust uh, we can be in the lord but it needs to be grounded in the word of God, so here we are uh, after the groundbreaking, and we never expected these conditions. Now we probably, you also would have expected this whole new sanctuary will be filled, but uh, COVID was round the corner, and we are needing to find strength and grace. To believe God. Okay, we can't be presumptuous. So I thought I should let you know, our Lord did tell us that from his first and second coming, there will be birth pangs. Uh, There's a clash of the kingdom. Uh, But God is sovereign and God is working all things through. And during these birth pangs, there are times of convulsions. That's how I see the present time. But the Lord is on the throne and he will work his saving purposes through these times of adversity. And that puts back the spring in our step. And uh, at this uh, convulsion, if you like, what it will lead to, perhaps we need to just be in humble anticipation how God is going to lead from here. But we have every reason to be prepared that there will be a respite and this place will be filled. This place is a gift to us. It's important, Good Shepherd. Uh, the people, uh, your vicar, uh, Huang Yu and uh, Jonathan and others, when they pressed in, they believed that this is for kingdom growth, you see. And you responded, and it was a hard time to raise the funds and rising costs and so forth. But here we are, now we present this receptacle, So I thank God for the song that God gave our worship leader, We Surrender. I want to ask us for a humble boldness. It's got to be bold, but it's got to be humble, because we can't be presumptuous, but we can be ready as the people of God. So I kept asking myself, what should accompany a new building? What should accompany a new building? That's my topic for today. Now, God's given us this new premises, new receptacles for ministry, but what should accompany a new building? And the short answer is a people or a community zealous for God's glory. That should accompany a new building because God does not dwell in buildings as we know from Holy Scripture. God dwells among his people, his redeemed people who have come to saving faith and returned to God. He dwells in our midst. He dwells in the community. So what should adorn a building is a community zealous for God's glory. So what does such a community look like? That brought me to the book of Ephesians. And the book of Ephesians paints such a wonderful picture of the church in the purposes of God. So Ephesians is about God, the scope of God's eternal plan for all mankind. And, and we need to locate our, um, find our response based on God's salvation plan. And God's salvation plan is that people from every tribe and nation and language group are come, to save, come to salvation. They, they are made into the new humanity by the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's his eternal plan. And this salvation is for all peoples. And his plan is to unite and to all creation. is going to remake creation. That's his plan, you see. That this world will pass away and a new heaven and a new earth secured in Christ where everything is united under the saving reign of of jesus christ so ephesians wants us to know this is what god has done and so in the early chapters of ephesians paul is uh, extolling the glorious riches of god's grace you can't be the people of god until you're intoxicated by the glorious riches of god's grace uh, that is what has now captured our lives that in his glorious uh, grace Once we were dead, but now we are made alive. It says there in chapter 2, Once you were stranded in the world without hope and without God, but now you have been brought into his very presence and you have been reconciled to each other. So in Ephesians, Paul brings us to the wonderful truth we are reconciled to God. And then he adds a fresh dimension. The cross has broken down the dividing wall of hostility. We are reconciled to each other. The big division in the Jewish world then was between the Jews and the non-Jews, the Jews and Gentiles. But in Christ, God has made them one. So God's new humanity is to be seen in the church. And he has established the church on a firm foundation, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So now, (laughs) with that larger picture, I now can bring you the three marks of a community that is zealous for God's glory. And it comes to us, it's great, my friends, and I also thank God for those who are with us, worshipping, Uh, online it's good you have your bibles opened at ephesians chapter 2 ephesians chapter 2 and i'm now going to focus on the text from which i want to answer this question what does a community zealous for god's glory look like i'm going to pick it up at verse 20 so jesus christ has made us the household the people of god and then it says, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, verse 20, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows to become a holy temple in the Lord. Three marks then of this radiant community. First, holiness. So, a people zealous for God? are people committed to grow in holiness they grow into a holy temple we are called we are set apart as a people belonging to God a holy nation a royal priesthood our whole manner of life is to reflect the holiness of God his moral righteousness we can we can't dilute this we are called to reflect the character of God and we are called to bring our whole life in conformity with God's word so church I want to explain uh, this verse a little bit more carefully it says in chapter 2 at the end of verse 14 he has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility By abolishing the law of commandments, which was expressed in ordinances. So this is strong language. He has abolished the law of commandments. Now, sadly, some have taken this to mean that we don't have to bother about the Ten Commandments. it's important that we interpret scripture first in the context of what uh, of what the verse is saying but also in the larger context of the whole book so when paul writes abolishing the law of commandments what he is saying is that the commandments are no longer the means of access to god that's the context you see he's talking about How are you reconciled to God? How do you gain a right standing with God? You can't do it by fulfilling the law because of your own fallen heart. You have no capacity. So the law of commandments is abolished as a means of salvation, but the law of commandments still reveals the will and character of God. It's important. That is why in our liturgy we keep the Ten Commandments or the summary of the law because our lives are to conform to God's ways, conform to the Word of God. So I'll apply this very quickly in two areas. One is speech. I'm just using the book of Ephesians to guide us. What does it mean to be a holy people? Well, it means the whole manner of your life is pleasing to God. We are walking in the light of God, and this affects our speech. We are to put away all falsehood. We are to speak to each other in love, speaking the truth with his neighbor in love, speaking the truth. So, a holy life affects our speech, our speech pattern. No false talk. We have such a problem with fake news these days, but it's not just at the public level. We have to watch for it in our community because when you pass on news and it's, what shall I say, not corroborated and perhaps it has a little slander and maliciousness in it, it breaks the body, right? No false talk. If we, I'm now in, taking from Ephesians four twenty-five to 29. No false talk. No angry talk. Don't let the sun go down on your anger because if your anger is there, it'll come out with angry words which destroy people. And no corrupting talk. No foul language. No rude words. So I wanted to say, you know, it's not wrong to say to someone, watch your language. And this is part of being the new people of god the new humanity the holy society that god is creating so it affects our speech the second area where paul applies it in ephesians is in the area of sex sex is often the big arena of self-indulgence so paul writes in chapter 5 verse 3 sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness, must not even be named among you. It's such a sensual world. So the lust of the eyes, and then the lust of the flesh, and then destruction. We are captives. So the thief, he comes to steal and kill and destroy. So when we are thinking of holiness, we're thinking of thought and word and deed. In this whole area of uh, our sexual relationships, it's worth me repeating, sex is designed as God's gift for marriage. And marriage, as revealed by the word of God, is a covenantal relationship between a man and a woman. And it's exclusive in its love. And within that covenantal relationship, sex is a glorious gift that they may know each other in the tenderness of their physical love. So that's God's word and God's design. But you can see how the world and how our own fallen nature gravitates to rebel against God's law. But God is making a holy people through his spirit. And that's what he's calling us to be. So, uh, and Ephes- uh, Ephesus is a, was a global city in Paul's day. So we're thinking about AD 60. That's when the, this letter was written about there. And it's a global city. It's an international uh, trade center. And it's a center for culture and religion and all. And there is a fertility practice a goddess, a Greek goddess and so there's temple prostitution. So all the trappings of an affluent society, which we see in Singapore, was there. And Paul is saying you're a new people, and sexual immorality and corruption must not be even named among you. So I wanted you to let you know that the Spirit is working through the discipling of the church. So uh, the Word of God and God's truth, and the enabling of the Spirit, and it flows through discipling processes. So uh, Church of Good Shepherd, uh, you worked hard. I saw some of the earlier slides. And I call you to it. That's how we grow in holiness. By the Spirit we put to death the passions and desires of the flesh. Now there's another aspect of holiness which is very positive, and it's captured by this phrase, in Holy Scripture, by love and good works. So a holy people are not just, what shall I say, self-restrained. They're self-restrained for a larger purpose in order that they can be fully human and can give themselves in love and good works. So a life consecrated to God is marked by love and good works because the love of God captivates your heart and propels you to love others. And when we say love others... It is more than an emotion. We are loving by our good deeds, our works of righteousness. And that means you meet human needs, you relieve suffering, you work to stop oppression. I speak to the body of Christ. So I know the Lord has placed us in different places where we can make a difference. And God has called, you know, he has different bundles for his people. And there are certain things to put right. And maybe to put it right in your family, maybe to put it right in your workplace, for some of us to put it right in the society. And, And so we are given to love and good works. And by our good works, we reveal that our God is a God of compassion, justice, and righteousness. So, okay, so we have that, have that commitment. Now we are placed in a locality. So I rejoice through the years. I just think back about the years that God has been building Good Shepherd here, preserved your land, and gave you a little bit of extra land, and enabled you to be planted in this community. So, your kindergarten, your ministry to the single elderly and the poor in this area. And then I was here for Christmas Village. But definitely this year, we have to do Christmas differently. So, COVID is reshaping us also. We want to submit. I just again appreciate you know, that we come and say, Lord, we can't get through this time on our own. But you have good purposes. We want to submit to those good purposes. And we don't want to be defeated. So holiness. Secondly, it's not only uh, uh, it's going to become a holy temple. It says the whole building is joined together. So we have to go back to uh, the the way buildings were constructed so they get stones you see and the stones have to be fitted together for a building to arise in the day that paul is writing and so these stones are now fitly joined together to make the structure such a wonderful picture of unity so again good shepherd practical care for one another there's a loving oneness you see Now, practical care must begin, of course, first with acceptance. And I needed to let you know, because all the fault lines in society and in group life are beginning to show under the stress of adversity. The haves and the have-nots and so forth affects the church. We need to accept each other. We need to accept each other intergenerationally. We need to accept each other also in terms of language groups we're talking about God's new society, John Stott's description of uh, the message in Ephesians. Yeah, God's new society, we don't look at color or status or language. We accept one another and we treat each other with love and with fairness. And then we go on to care for one another. And I'm sure in COVID times, we will need to look out for those who are on their own. We need to look out for their daily necessities even. We need to make the phone calls. You know, Don't get so used to sending text messages that you neglect the voice. So um, I'm painting a picture. It's broad brush, but I pray it's on a large canvas. But I hope you're getting the picture of the people that adorn a building, marked by holiness and marked by unity. There's a a, a oneness. There is a bond of affection. So it's not just duty, you know. The Holy Spirit is able to create a bond of affection in the body of Christ. This is what happened in 1727. It's a favorite story of mine of what happened at Zinzendorf and the Moravians. And the church so divided, And they came to seek the Lord in a prayer meeting. And the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they were melted in love. I want to let you know, beloved, one image of the Holy Spirit is the flame of love. There are many, many aspects, you know, of the Holy Trinity. But as I come to you today, and I think about this unity, yeah, It's this flame of love that will forgive where real grievances are experienced. It's not making excuse for each other. It's forgiving the wrong done to you. That's different. It's in a different realm. And it's gloriously liberating. People who once worked side by side, perhaps because of something that happened, are now opposed to each other. But the Holy Spirit can bridge that. So there in 1727, as they met the flame of love melted their hearts. And they had a love, they describe it in their writings, a love for God, a love for one another, and a love for the lost world. That's the work of the Spirit, you see. It came upon them. And from there came a worldwide missionary movement. Amazing. One of the earliest Protestant missionary movements. I brought the gospel even to the slaves. It was just wonderful, just such a consistent pattern of Holy Spirit uh, life and character. And then a prayer meeting, friends, a 24-7 prayer meeting that lasted 100 years from that prayer meeting. So I want to invite you, you see, uh, these are not abstract ideals. God has made it possible. And so there is this bond of affection. And then I needed to say, this unity is not a holy huddle. This unity is a working together to proclaim the gospel. We're working side by side to proclaim the gospel. So these stones, they are fitted together because we need each other's gifts and graces. There's no one person that has it all. We need one another, and that's what the Spirit does, build up the body of Christ through the gifts and graces of the holy spirit third so you have holiness you have unity the third is mission because it says here so I'm, I'm i'm digging out if you like from paul's writing what is at the heart of this community he says here that the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the lord so how does a building grow Uh, The word is similar to rises. The building rises, right? Nowadays, here in Singapore, a lot is precast. So you get precast and then you come and load it on site. But uh, the old construction is you have to add brick to brick, stone to stone. Wonderful picture. A church grows by the addition of new believers. Amen. Amen. And that's how I see this mission, you see. That's why I can call you today to personal evangelism and discipleship. So the old structures, the old programs are dismantled mainly because of the COVID conditions and regulations, but God is not undone. So my, my wife, family, we've been in the same flat in Tampines for 30 odd years and it was glorious last year, uh, a neighbor that we really cared for and been also very helpful to us, he had a crisis in his life. And he called us, uh, at that time I was still at uh, Bishop's Gate, so this is now 2020, yeah, 2020. And he called and he said, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. And he could trace, you know, how God had been, yeah, had been good to him in spite of his rebellion and had laid the steps for him to say, yes, I need to because death, is knocking at the door. And then I had the joy of doing follow-up by WhatsApp, WhatsApp, chat, yeah, because of all the restrictions. But I realize, you see, we're not undone. Let the flame of God's love burn within you. And through personal evangelism and discipleship, I thought I should let you know it's not easy, it's not slick. I have great difficulty now just helping him to think about baptism. I have. So I have to work through carefully, keep the relationship, keep planting the truth in him. But I took him out for breakfast. August and I had to ask him directly, what does Jesus mean to you? I had to ask him person to person. And he said, I know he's my savior, but I'm not ready for the institutional aspects, as he understood it now. Are you with me, friends? I want to pass it on to you because we are in it together. Personal evangelism and discipleship is how God adds. And I think uh, Pastor John has been thinking about congregation planting because that's often a good spurt to personal evangelism. You see, we, can all, we are all, we all get comfortable where we are. Then I think, uh, my, my friends, I need to let you know, the mission doesn't stop at the shores of Singapore. Uh, not for Good Shepherd, definitely, as I look at your history. So, the nations, right? The call to witness to the nations. What a wonderful thing. And you have sent out missionaries. Some of them are here today and some of them are online. And uh, yeah, so you've sent them out far and wide. And now you have, well, my experience, two deaneries, particularly. I was with uh, your. Leaders on the fields in uh, near Chiang Mai, among the hill tribes in Chiang Mai, the Omkoi um area, and I recall that with great affection, sleeping on the wooden planks, and then you know having a pig cross the road, and then the next day realizing that same pig is now on your table, you know, so it's a totally different way of life, and we need each other. So when I'm thinking about Body of Christ, I'm not just thinking local church, you know, I'm thinking na- internationally. God's great gift in different cultures. So I want to call you, and then there's Vietnam. And I was with your pastor, Pastor John, in Vietnam. And here he is, and it's a new cell group on the photo with uh, John Lin, previous dean, and we were planting a church in Halong Bay. So, yeah, this is God's heart, right? God's new society. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us both the love and the courage so i'm going to conclude now friends simply by saying that's the calling the calling to be a radiant community growing in holiness unity and mission you know these days you can't sing right congregation can't sing you sing from the heart or you can hum so whenever you hum remember this can holiness unity and mission worthy of the lord who has redeemed us and loved us and shepherded us. I've told you about the calling. Now I need to tell you about the provision. Provision is the Holy Spirit. I mean, if I was just listing this up, then everybody, oh, we've got to try harder, you know, and so forth. I want you to know God who, who has planned this that his people will be a radiant community, come thick or thin, able to go through the dry periods, sometimes those bewildering moments, but still shine for him. He's made provision, that we dig wells, you know, in the midst of a dry condition. The provision is the Holy Spirit. That's how this passage in Ephesians 2 finishes you see it says built together into a dwelling place for god by the spirit verse 22 the dwelling place for god by the spirit so god the holy spirit dwells in our midst he's the one building the church and i believe today as you are here and those at home watching god wants to make you a living stone I'm borrowing language from Peter in 1 Peter 2 that you and I are living stones being built into a spiritual house. I want to call you and I want to say to you, I'm I'm not counting on your power. I'm trusting God's power within you as you just come and say, Lord, this is your calling for me to fulfill it and for us to fulfill it. We need a power not our own, a power from above. So the Holy Spirit can make you a living stone. Holiness, it's the Spirit who, who can bring you to the cross and make real Christ's forgiveness and make real newness of life. Mission, it's the Holy Spirit who gives us the humble boldness to speak and who gives us a passion to see the nation's worship. And unity is the Holy Spirit who can melt our hearts and give us a new joy in accepting one another and working together. So I'm going to tell you this story as I close. It's a story in the book of Acts 19 Church. Acts 19, Paul is making his way to Ephesus. He's on his second missionary journey and he's making his way to Ephesus on an inland road. So Apollos has gone across and Paul uh, finds his way there and he meets some disciples. They are disciples of Jesus but they are not adequately taught. So they have no idea of the Holy Spirit. And Paul then presumably teaches them and baptizes them and they are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's yeah, you know, you wonder why this little story is being told. As I look at scripture. Ephesus was a global city. How on earth are you going to proclaim the gospel and plant a church where the world powers are against you? You need... To You need to experience the power of the Spirit. And I believe that's why Luke included it. You see, uh, the Holy Spirit just putting Scripture together because you and I cannot make this difference on a remote or second-hand experience of the Spirit. The Spirit is to be experienced. So I was very keen uh, to be here uh, with you to let you know God has gifted you this building but there's something far more fundamental because what must accompany this building is a people people growing in holiness, unity and mission only the spirit can do that only the spirit can help us to drink in dry times But not only that, dig wells for others. Visit the lonely, help the fearful in the midst of major exams. So the Spirit prompts you, you see, how to call or, or sometimes now limited in visits, but to just be there, to help each other, dig wells. And it's only the Holy Spirit that can make this community radiant. Will you stand with me? because that's what we're going to trust God for. Uh, I invite you to close your eyes and uh, invite you also to come to God as you are with all your hopes and fears because he is here, he's present in his word He's present when two or three are gathered, and He's present by His Spirit. Father, I pray now, Lord. I pray for the surge of the Spirit. I thank you.